Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, I just did a parsha. Now I want to follow up because I'm trying to catch up this week with the Haftorah, which again is being sponsored once again by the Leventhal's at a mess at Hall in Pennsylvania, once again in memory of his brother and brother-in-law. Uh, thanks for, for the uh, generous sponsorship. Now, um, and if you're ever in the Gettysburg area, I can put you in touch with them. Uh, let us look at the famous Haftorah this week of Shimshon, the birth of Samson. Because he's a Nazir, this week's Pasha is a Nazir. And so famously, the angel tells the parents, as I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with the story, you're going to have a baby, she was childless, but the baby will be special. And you're going to raise him under special conditions. And I think even if when you're pregnant, you don't drink any whisk, uh, any wine or anything like that. You're going to get pregnant, have a child. Uh, and until then, she was, had been childless. So from now on, don't drink any booze, any wine or, or beer. Or don't any food, eat food that's tummy. She's going to be what they call the chulun b'taras hakodesh. You know, you're going to eat, only eat food that's um, tahor. Which is not so easy, but if you know how to play the game, you can do it because a lot of these foods aren't a kabbalah unless they're mushal a Anyway, kinizir alhimia narmi beta yamosa. Because you want the baby all of his life, from, from before he's born, men have beten, from the belly, from before he's born until the day he dies, he should be a Nazir, the famous Nazirus uh, Shimshon. The problem, of course, is that this is supposed to be a sign of holiness. But Shimshon ran off with all these women. This is the famous Kasha. The Pasuk ends in this week's Parsha by saying, Batoch al Ruch Hashem Lafamba that he had so much so much Ruch HaKodesh, that the Ruch HaKodesh was the Fa'amo Mepha'emhen, which, best taken, that's a hard one to, I mean, you could say it followed him, that's one way of translating it, or the Fa'amo, like, like a bell, you notice he had a, he had a heavy duty dose of Ruch HaKodesh. So then why did he run off with Delilah? Why did he want to get married to that woman in Timna? How come he got married to all those shikses? That is a classic question. That is a classic question. And the mission even says he was blinded, mission in Soto, because he chased her after his eyes. He told his parents, I want to marry this girl from Timna. Timna being a geisha town, so he met this chicken in Vegas, as they used to say. And the parents even say, are there no Jewish girls looking for an uncircumcised Philistines? And he said, she, she's good in my house, I want her. Now, the Pasuk does say, that's part of God's plot, but that doesn't necessarily excuse Shimshim. Because if it did, mind you, then he wouldn't have been punished by being blinded. If you say he's being punished by being blinded, it would seem they he'd done a sin. And even when he dies, he says, I'm blind now, the Philistines have tortured me, I'm moida, you know, that I did wrong, 
and I'm even willing to die. We all know the story. He says, I'll push the pillars and kill everybody. And me too, Thomas Nopstein pushed him. The very fact he said, I'm willing to go down with the Philistines as long as I can take these guys down with me. So I can, as long as I can kill Hitler, I don't care what happens to me. That's kind of attitude. So it sounds like he was acknowledging he was doing something wrong. This is preoccupied from from then till today. I pulled out my rusty, trusty Nach Lor Halacha, which I told you got last year or two years ago, whatever, which is a nice summary. Recommended for those interested. Nach Lor Halacha, we throw Levi, and published in Moser of Cook. It's a very firm saver. And, you know, what's the story with Samson's wives and why was he punished and so forth? Because the whole point of the story of Haftarah today is he should be Kadosh Mirechem, right? He should be holy even before he's born. A modern person would say, you see, you try to go too far, you have a bounce back, you know, a reaction. But that doesn't work for somebody like a, a Shofet. I don't know. Not a firm thing. So anyway... What's going on over here? Now, I'll tell you one or two things that occurred to me. First of all, it's not so often remembered <coughs> that the Rambam, not only the Rambam, says he was Magyar then. That's a far-fetched shot. Meaning, read closely the story of him and that Sheikhs and Timna. It sure don't seem that he was Magyar then. She was bad news from day one. And she even ended up marrying his friend. And she betrayed him. The whole point of the story is that she's a, a, a Philistine floozy. That's the whole point of the story. And even Dalil, even Delilah, I know there's some who want to say she's really Jewish, all the rest of it. But that ain't the Pashim shot at all. Again, a far-fetched shot, although I know there was that book, Samson's Struggle, to try to make that case. The Rambam doesn't say this. The Rambam says something interesting, and I'm going to call your attention to it. Excuse me. I've mentioned this Rambam many times. In Hilchus Yisurabiyah, chapter 13. And he's mainly talking about Shlomo HaMelch, but he stoops around Shimshon as well. Which it, it's, it's a strange Rambab, where he says, I'll, this is the Rambam talking, not me, <clears throat> don't even think for a minute, she Shimshon HaMashiach Yisrael, the Shimshon, our hero, this this Haftarah, who saved Israel, O Shlomo HaMelch Yisrael Shanikri Dira Shem, or Shlomo, who was called Yedid Hashem, Yedidya. Nosu Noshim Nachriz B'Giyusim. Don't think they married Gaisha women, Mamish is going without without them being Jewish. Okay? It's, it certainly seems that way. The Pasuk says that way. Certainly by Shlomo, it says he married Noshim Nachriz, you know, Moabites and this and that and the other. So the Rambam then says, El Soda Dover Kachu. Here's a shot. Right? And here the Rambam draws this famous distinction between the three levels of converts, A, B, and C, you know, uh, gold, silver, and junk. The gold standard is the gear ascetic, the silver is the gear, and the junk is the junk. The proper mitzvah mean what you and I would call gear ascetic. Somebody comes to me with gear. We see if there's an ulterior motive. If there's an ulterior motive, we don't want them. Now, my it's pretty harsh. Because what it's saying is, let's say somebody has an ulterior motive. Doesn't mean that they don't mean that what they're doing, but they're Makabal the Mitzvahs. 
But they want to do it, let's say, for argument's sake, to be famous. I'll just make it up. <coughs> want to be famous. But they will keep Shabbos, and they will keep Kashrus. They will believe in Hashem and all the rest of it. So that's not that's not the gold standard. If it's Bishua Momen, or uh, Sarara, high position, or Apachad, or they're afraid of like a Yoav type individual getting killed, be Mishu Bokyachem, Ishnes, be Yehudas. If if it's a guy, a man, maybe he's interested in marrying a Jewish girl. Be Mishu Bokyachem, Ayinav Bachur Yisrael. Or if it's the other way around, if it's a, a girl's coming to be Megayer, you see maybe she wants to marry a Jewish guy, which happens all the time. Okay? But that's not the gold standard. If we don't find it, that's the case. No, as Bezin does its due diligence. If they don't find the case, we tell them how hard it is, the heaviness of the burden of the Torah. It's not really heavy, Ramam says, but for Amaratsim, for unlearned people, it's heavy. Hoping to discourage them. Obviously, this is the story of Megillus Rus. In Kibla partial rubs, if they don't care, and they say we want to be Megayer anyway, Mekablan Hassan, we accept them wholeheartedly, because it says by Rus, when she saw that Ruth was persistent, she stopped trying to discourage her Nami. We just read this. And then the Ram says something very interesting. Therefore, Lo Kibla Beis and Gerim called me David Shlomo. It's in the Gemara. That during the time of David and Shlomo, those 80 years, when the Jews rocked. So the Sanhedrin wouldn't accept any Gerim whatsoever. It was the reign of King David. They probably wanted to convert because they're scared to death of Yoav, you know. In the days of King Solomon, when all the Jews are rich, so they saw people want to convert because they're rich. You hear all the time these girls marry Rothschilds and this and that and the other. I mean, they ain't doing it. Lishma. Should call a chosim and a gun, but she'll dumb her in a Megarit because if there's any ulterior motive, it ain't a gear tzedek. But it could be a gear. The alpha became how you gear him, harbi misgarbi me double shlomon, lifting had yotis. Plenty of people were megayer. Plenty, he says, in front of Bezin Shalad Yotis, which means not as a head in a formal court, but any three Jews could get together for an ad hoc Bezin, as long as they're male, they're over 13, and they're Shomish Shabbos, as we would say today. But and they say like this, we're Makabiyos Agir. And the guy does Mila Tvila and the girl does Tvila. Close the makeup. Are you basing Khoshal and And the attitude of Sanhedrin was one of Khashash. They weren't accepting them as full fledged members of the Jewish people, but they weren't rejecting them either. Right? They weren't rejecting them either because. Uh, you know, uh, nobody knew. We'll see. Until you see how they turn out. Maybe really are Jewish. Like I said before, it is possible that somebody may want to convert. It happens all the time, by the way. Strictly for the purpose of getting married. In other words, let's say for argument's sake, it's a girl. She means a Jewish guy at college. They should happen, it shouldn't happen, but it happened. And becoming Jewish wasn't part of her life plan. She's quite happy where she was. 
But this has changed her life plan. And because she wants to spend a life with this guy, she's willing to bite the bullet and, you know, accept all the misses sincerely. She comes from an honest family. I know people like that. Sincerely. Okay. So it wasn't a Garrett said it, but it's a Garrett counts. Now, my point of all this is as follows. I'll go a little bit farther. No, no. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. It's very interesting he makes no mention of Shimshon here. He started out by saying, don't think that Shlomo or Shimshon married Gaim. Then he has a whole long discourse about life during the times of Shlomo, David and Shlomo to be exact. Because Shlomo notoriously married all these Gaim, or at least that's what it says. And the Ramah is trying to explain they weren't Gaim, not technically. He got three guys together as a Bezid, and it wasn't sufficient. It's a Bidiyevid. But the definition of the evidence, it works. And so the bottom line is, even when Shlomo Melch married the Philistine princess and the Moabite, the Ammonite, the Mori, has all that stuff here in chapter 11, I think, of Kings 1. You know, all these floozies, they all said to the court, oh, we're Macabal everything. And they went to the Mikvah, a big deal. <coughs> That's nothing. <coughs> That's easy enough to do. And they said, oh, we're going to be Shomer Shabbos. And... We don't believe in idols anymore, and so on and so forth. And the three guys he got together said, okay, we believe you. And any three guys have the power to do that, to say we believe you. Because if the Gary says, I still believe in what is there, it wouldn't work. They have to say, I don't believe in this stuff anymore. I've seen the light. Now I only believe in one God. Okay. So where's how does that fit to the Shimshon story? You see, Shlomo, the Rambah just made a very nice case. The guy was a king. He had a thousand wives and concubines. A lot of it was political, but a lot of it wasn't. He had a big harem or whatever they called in those days. If I remember correctly, it was 300 wives, 700 concubines, but I could have it wrong. It may have been 300 concubines and 700 wives, which is interesting. And all these foreign princesses, and he had his reasons, obviously. You know, some people said politics, this and that, the other. As we all know, he was a smart cookie, so he had his reasons. Turned out it was a mistake, you know. They took him down, but he didn't realize it at the time. And he understood very well, because he was the Rosh Sanhedrin himself. That as far as gold standard, they're not gold standard, but they're silver. Okay? Does that really fit with the story I'm asking you of Shimshon? Who's involved, as I recall, with two, in terms of a long-lasting relationship of any sort, with the Philistine girl in Timnah, they don't mention her name. Then was this Delilah, okay, Delilah, who lived, I remember, in Nachal Sarek, where they have the uh, radioactive reactor, nuclear reactor. So, I mean, does this sound like it fits the Shimshon story? It wasn't a time when the Jewish people were powerful. The opposite, the Philistines were beating them up. It wasn't a time when you had to be pocket from the Jews, the Jews had pocket from the Plishtim. Just read the story of Shimshon, the whole Misa. It fits rather the Davidic Solomonic period, the 80 years when the Jews were powerful and rich. So how does it have to do with the Shimshon story? Okay. How does it have to do with the Shimshon story? I guess you have to say that the key element was the reason that they were being married, was the, um, the reason they were the guy was to get married, which was, of course, the truth about Shlomo as well. None of these women, I'll give you an example, Paro. Give me a break. Bas Paro, who he married early on, 
she was Egyptian princess. This is not Basi over here. The other time she saw the light, she doesn't believe in Amun Ra and all this other junk. Now I believe in Kushabricho. Give me a break. She did it because it was politically necessary. You understand? Politically necessary. All right. What's this through with Shimshin? Let's do with Shimshin. You have to say that the base Nagoro in Shimshin's time also wouldn't have performed this conversion with Delilah and the other one because it's clearly a case of marriage. Okay? I want to point out, as I recall, it doesn't actually say the words he married them. But, I mean, it, it says by the the woman from Timothy was planning to marry them, but by the time the story's over, everything blew up and she's dead and all this stuff and she married his, his friend or whatever. She was dead. But the Delilah story, you all know, she was working for the Plishtim. They paid her off to find out the secret of his hair. We all know that story. And she betrayed him for money. Plain and simple. You know, cold cash. Money talks. So, what exactly happened? He met her, he fell in love with her. It says, yeah, it says he fell in love with her. That's what it says. Um, so he wasn't Jewish. And he was Megayer. He was Megayer how? Through Basin Shalagyotis. That's what the Ramam here is saying. Right? Basin Shalagyotis. And he says over here, well, if he since Shlomo was Megayer, these women, and then didn't sue in with them. So the Ramah was lost in his Meduik. You know, the Ramah was always very exact. So it says, Shimshon Gier Venosok. So take Delilah. He was Megayer her, and then he married her. I'll say it again. Don't say it in the puzzle, but you know, that's what Ramah says. But And it's clear there was an ulterior motive. What was the ulterior motive? For marriage. They were doing it to, 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 because they wanted to get married. So at least they're, they're silver if they're not gold, they're silver. Negative. So the Pusik who wrote it treated them like they were going. Okay? Now, it doesn't say explicitly, it says about the woman from Tim that she was a Philistine. It doesn't say about Delilah, although we all take it that way, and so does the Rambab. And so what he's saying is that the, whoever wrote the book of Shoftim clearly indicated that she was a guy, even though she had formally converted in front of a basin shell of Yotas. So Shimshin got three friends together. <clears throat> so it's a little bit weird because <clears throat> both Shlomo on the one hand and Shimshin on the other wore several hats. One of the hats they wore was Roshan Hedrid. That is the meaning of being a Shofik. And that's the meaning of Shlomo. If you take the trouble to read the Rambam's intro to the Mishnah Torah, you may possibly recall that he goes down the line a list of 40 generations. This kind is based in, and that one is based in, and the next one was based in, between Moshe Rabbeinu Ravashi. And, you know, Shlomo in his day was the Rosh Basin. So Shlomo wore at least two hats. He was a king. Separate from that, it was big Talmud Chacham, and he was, he was the, the head of Sanhedrin. Same thing with Shimshon, he wore several hats. He was a shofate, which indeed means that it's not Hedrin. He was also a warrior, let's say, for example. And he was another. So, it's just strange that you have this Shimshon guy. Uh, he doesn't drink. He doesn't shave. He doesn't eat anything tummy. If he's eating, 
like we say today, Glock kosher. And he's involved with this woman who he was Makayer in a situation where he himself wouldn't allow it if he was sitting in his capacity as a formal uh, sitting of Sanhedrin. As a head of Sanhedrin, he wouldn't accept her. But as a head yet, he would accept her. It's strange, you know? Very strange. And he goes on to say, and the end proved their beginning. So once again, the Rambam reverts to the case of King Solomon, because there it's clear that they went back to worshiping idols. It doesn't say if you want to get technical on me. I'm inviting you, after you listen to this, to look this stuff up and go figure it out yourself. It doesn't say that um, Delilah worshipped idols. It says she took money from the Philistines to betray him, which is a different thing. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. There have been many Jewish traitors down the ages. that many Jews sold out other Jews for money. It's, it's just a, it's, it's a fact. I'm sorry to say it. It's a, it's a basic Matthias. And so she's nothing but a chain and a long chain of Jewish traders, if you want to call it that. But it doesn't say she worshipped idols. Okay? Now, um, as he says over here, um, if you didn't take the trouble to tell him about the mitzvahs, right? If you didn't tell him about the mitzvahs, but they went in Megayar anyway, it counts. Okay? Because once they went to the mikvah, this is the base of famous Rabbi Zio, Hoffman, and the others, where you talk about, you know, what if you did a garris, which didn't include the, the Kabbalah's mitzvahs. But then the Rambam concludes, and that's why, Shimshab, not only Shlomo, Shimshab was able to keep the wife. The Abishan Nicholas said, even though later it turned out from from hindsight that they were uh, phonies. This Ram lays out a whole bunch of technical halachi problems. For example, can you tell from the way Delilah acted that she never meant to Lechatchila? After all, What's the din even today? Suppose somebody, even a Gerzetic, converts, and then later on has second thoughts, a year later, ten years later, and had these things all have happened. And once you go back to worshiping about Zara, they're, they're Jewish already. Because since the time they were in the they, they became Jewish with all the consequences thereof. So, what happened with Delilah? What do you mean, Niglu Sodon? Their sod was revealed. What do you mean their sod was revealed? you telling me that she, turns out that she never was, you know, um, uh, Jewish in the first place? You don't know that. Now, some Gearses have Nicholas Surun, that their falseness was uh, exposed. She It doesn't say that she met Shimshel while she was working for the KGB, the Philistine KGB. It said when the Philistines found out that she's in a situation together with Shimshon, they approached her with money. That's the story. So I'm simply saying there's a lot of loose ends when you read this Rambo. Right? 
and altogether the whole story of Shimshon, which doesn't totally stand with our Parsha today, with our Haftorah. But this is what makes Shimshon such an unusual character. Okay? And um, it's not clear, let's put it this way, what precisely he did wrong. Now, I'll tell you what made me think about this, and that is that we just did McGill's Rus. One second. Yeah, here it is. I just pulled out a McGill, uh, uh, Medish Rabban Rus. I just pulled out the Medish Rabban Rus, Peg based Simon Tess. It said, Vayisulahem no Shemo Avios. It said, They're no say, they married. Gaisha women. Tony Bashem Rameir, Logiram, they were not Magardim. Blood below some in name of Santa Mikva below Hois Alochal is Chadish, and that's a funny expression. I don't know what that means. In other words, I know what the the Farshim tried to say over here, but below Hois Alochal is Chadish, below Hoyu Nen Noshim Alehin, Amoni Vlamonis, Moavi Lamovis. Clearly, we have some kind of a corrupt text, no question in my mind. You know, the words are rearranged or something like that. So, what does it mean? Logirum, Belohid Belosom, that I understand. Velohoi Sahaloch Elihis Chadesh, Velohoi Nenosha Alem, Amoni Velamonis, Moavi Velamovis. So I have the red book, Medish, in front of me. And if you go to the back, I think they call Heoris or something like that. So it says, Ayan Bagodas, something or other, some safer. Well, they did two things wrong. and They married them. Had they been known at that time, then they would have, um, there would have been a problem. They would have been punished. See where Masaris, the lotion of that marriage, as I just said before. Right? Obarazav, that's the Marzav, you know, Zabel Vinehorn, Logirmlo Hitbilum, Shabalav Haki Lomoilahem, Malikachim Noshin. They figure, what's the point of being Megardim? I'll be over in a lav anyway, I'm only with a Moabis. Lokikla Noshim Rachashim's Nus. So they just live with them. Shaloyi Anchalain. That's why they wouldn't have been punished. So you see, just by living with them, this is a little strange, uh, at that time they had all these drabonans, and who said mag shiksa, or just living with them, is punishable, you see? Uh, that's strange. Now remember, they lived in the time of Shimshim, more or less, story of Ruth, more or less. Okay? Uh, and also, the uh, Yifayinayim says the same thing, and so lekachol machines nus, the kiyum shadar levana bein anachim, anachim nechshav adar kiznus ritzino. So basically, later on they said gil arise of any sword before hesius yihar ba yavar, but ritzino is okay, right? When I say okay, I mean it's not actionable. Therefore, lo national it wasn't actionable. I'm simply saying you see from this lashon, which is a little strange. There's something these mafarshim all trying to deal with the. Funny language. They're all trying to stretch it to figure out what's going on. 
Shimshin fits exactly in this era, right? The story of Ruth, which is the grandmother, great-grandmother David, is roughly, not exactly, of course, but roughly in time of Shimshin. And um, it, it, it sounds the reverse in our own mind, that he was going to marry the Philistine girl, but he never did. And you'll never know if he would have gone through with it when push came to shove. But Delilah doesn't say he he married her. This, he, he was involved with this person in Nachal Sarek. So if that's the case, why is he punished? What was the big sin? So I'm looking here in the Sefer, which collects all these different opinions, and he says, but Anaf Yosef, which is one of the unfortunate the matters, right? I think so. Anaf Yosef appears to Ochein Zoyim that the whole thing was a Toin of Hashem, as opposed to he says, God arranged that he should lead this person and fall for her. Then that's the case. So why was he public, punished? Because at the end of the day, he was tortured, he was blinded, in the end he had to perish, taking them with him. He, did. he had a very violent, you know, uh, end to all this. Because he liked it. Because she was Yashar In other words, with Smashman, with a very from interpretation. I'm running a little bit late, but I'll take a minute or two to explain. It's a very firm interpretation. Suppose, I'm just making this up. Suppose Delilah had been ugly. I mean ugly. So Shemshin would have been repulsed by her. Physically. And nevertheless, a voice from Hashem or whatever would have said, for my reasons, I want you to marry this ugly Philistine woman. It'll be part of your plan to defeat the Philistines, etc., etc. So then at that point, Shemshin would have said like this, look, if Hashem said to do it, I'm going to do it. Can't say I'm happy about it. Right? Goes against the Teva. Not happy about it. She's as ugly as it comes. Okay, I'm doing it. You know? So then, whatever he would be involved with, well, Mama Shpila Shem Shemayim. Right? Like somebody said, the things I've done for England, you know? I'll do what I need to do. But she wasn't ugly. And therefore, Yasha Be'enov. So he said, I like this. Plus, Hashem told me to do it. That was bad. Why was that bad? So I'll tell you my opinion. What's the whole shot that we want a geared static and we don't want a regular gear? This is my opinion, me, myself, and I. Because we're always afraid the person, the guy, or maybe they still have a soft spot in their heart for the Vodazar, for the previous religion. You know what I mean? It's natural. Even yesterday, something felt like that. And it might reassert itself, which is precisely what happened in the case of Shlom Amel. So, the only thing you can do, it's not like we offer any conversion, the opposite. Is you have for a gold standard. So if somebody has a, a gold standard and there's no ulterior motive, it seems to us, the Basin, as much as humanly possible, <coughs> they're not going to have second thoughts and backtrack and go back to what is art. That's what you want to gear it said. That's the story of Ruth. She'd been a princess. Now she's embracing a life of poverty. I could make a case either way, but it seems like we use her as the Garrett Sedek model. If she was willing to embrace this kind of lifestyle, we can say she mamish dis disbelieved in the idols of the old, of commotion, the old idols, and she wasn't going to go back to it. But if somebody's doing for ulterior motives, so you have to say, 
she's willing to suppress this at the moment to marry the guy or vice versa. But deep down, it's still there. You understand? Deep down, it's still there. And comes a point, it will reassert itself, and then she will make him unfroma, she'll make the children out of worshippers. That's the best I can make of it. So, in the case of Shimshon or something like that, if she had been ugly, as I just said before, so, in the case I made up, so he'd be doing it in such a way that it's cool little Shema, because he wouldn't want to do it otherwise, and then you could say, okay. But since he fell for her on his own, even his to'ena meis Hashem, even though it was a plot on the part of the Lord, but he's going to fall for her, and he did, even if she's not sincere, and one day will reassert her idol worship tendencies. Which is exactly what happened with Delila. She was, according to the Rambam and everybody, she was Megayer and Basin Shalodiotis. But when push came to shove, she took the money from the policeman and betrayed him. We never know what happened to her. For all I know, she said, tra la la, she lived the life of a rich woman. <laughs> Unless she was located in that building that went down. I mean, if I was writing a movie, that's how I would make the movie. But, you know what I'm saying? Ordinarily, she just went on, you know, living her life. Meaning what? I, you were once married to a, sh married, married to a shofet in Yisrael, a person with real Chakodesh, all the rest of it. That was yesterday. That time I believed in Judaism for a while. Now I don't. Tell you the truth, I never was totally into it. I was partially into it. Now I'm not partially into it anymore. <laughs> you know, I like, I like the Philistine gods, especially when it comes with a, with a check for a million dollars. You see, like that. And so, this would be my understanding of the Anaf Yosef. Because it was Yosher Beinov, so that was a big sin, because he was allowing his eyes to mislead him. He was going to introduce, and he did introduce, a cancer into the heart of Claudius Roll. Or to be more exact, a cancer into the heart of his own situation, because she took him down. She betrayed him, and she caused him all the torture and suffering that he had. So in other words, let's put it this way, his eyes were really open to where she's holding after she betrayed her. But it was too late. That's what it seems to me. Anyway, I've gone a little bit too long on this. Once again, I want to say, but it's an interesting story, isn't it? Uh, you can look at these sources that I mentioned today, if you wish. And uh, with that, I'll close down the Haftorah. And as I said before, I uh, want to thank the Eleventhals, Ed and Mess Eleventhal in Pennsylvania, and wish everybody a good week. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.